It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. Hello. Welcome to Episode 4 of The Popcast, the new pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Maureen Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture to bring you up to speed with what's going on in the world of entertainment with our three regular segments. One, the snack bag, where we will cover some smaller stories from the past week. Two, the marquee topic, where we will dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. Three, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture you might have missed but should definitely check out. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and husbando, Josh. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Feeling extra patriotic after the 4th of July yesterday. Yes, happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. Maureen, you are currently in the midst of a one-month Instagram fast, day five. How's it going so far? Yeah, it's going okay. Um, so yes, tell us about the genesis of yeah, this let me, fast. So I mean, our friends and family all know Instagram is my one social media of choice. I don't really use any of the other ones, and I love it. I love posting pictures. I love seeing pictures of our friends. But I have recently found myself just mindlessly scrolling through. And I have been using it definitely as a crutch for when I want to procrastinate or I don't want to be doing something or, you know, like at the end of the night when you're sitting on the couch and you like don't want to get up and get ready for bed and it's like, oh, I'll just check Instagram. And I also found myself watching a lot of Instagram stories for people that I don't know. Yeah. You got to stay up to date on what your friend's dog is doing. No, it's not even that. It's like bloggers I'll follow or like I very much enjoy it. Oh, even better. I found myself spending a lot of time that I could be using on other things. And I am also very impressionable. And so I thought it might be good to just take some time and reset and be with my own thoughts for a little while. How many times have you gone to your phone instinctively and then realized, oh, no, I'm I'm doing a fast from this? Definitely. I mean, I noticed it last night. Like times when I don't want to be doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing next, that's when I notice it. And I already moved Instagram into like a hidden folder on my phone. So I have not opened it um, because it's in a different spot. But it's more that I'm noticing when I have the urge to just distract myself or waste time. And so instead of wasting time on Instagram, I'm choosing to be a little bit more productive or do other things. So Or go to bed earlier. Yeah, or do my yoga or something like that. You want to know, it's funny, when I when I am laying on the couch at night and don't want to go to bed yet, I usually end up just falling asleep on the couch. So, you know, to each their own. Instagram stories for some and uh, falling asleep on the couch for well, others. I'll be back. I definitely don't plan on being off of Instagram forever, but I think I want to be using it more mindfully. So hopefully in August, I will come back and I'll be able to spend a couple minutes each day and check in on my friends and that'll be that. And that's a really great tie-in to 
our sister podcast, Vernacular, who talked about living presently in their last episode, in their last original episode. And they talked about, you know, not using social media so much as a crutch. So, hey, you're doing that already. Yeah. Very cool. Maureen, should we jump into the snack bag for this week? Yeah, let's do it. So... Josh, you were telling me about the Top Gun sequel. So who do we have in the billing? We have Tom Cruise, obviously, Obviously. returning as Maverick. Amazing. We have Val Kilmer returning. Although, have you seen a picture of him lately? I haven't, but you have. Yeah, he's looking a little rounder these days. Poor Val. We we know how that goes. I wonder if he got whipped into shape because he was pretty cut up for Top Gun, the original. Like, he looked... It's also how a million years later. Like right, he but, was young then. But Tom Cruise. Okay, but Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. He has like 18 personal everything. So like I'm sure he has a trainer and a chef and a... That's who true. knows? That's true. Well, the big news this week was that they have a new cast member who just joined. They started filming this in May, according to a post from Tom Cruise's Instagram. But they have a new cast member joining, confirmed by this cast member... So the story, as as much as we've heard about it so far, is that Tom Cruise's character is now a flight instructor, and they're living in the age of drones and unmanned vehicles, and so, you know, there's this big whole back is and forth. Is it present time or in the future? Oh, no, it's present time. Oh. You know, but about, you know, unmanned vehicles taking over where, where pilots had previously, you know, been used. Yeah, you used. just said it was, it was like, you know, the future, but it's really today. We're living in the future. Unmanned vehicles. Unmanned vehicles. Goose's son is the new character who they just revealed the actor, and it's going to be Miles Teller. I love him. Who was in Whiplash. Yes. Which was directed by Damien Chazelle. Great movie if you haven't seen it. What else has he been in? Oh, he was in the Fantastic Four movie that got terrible reviews. He's been in a whole bunch of like goofy, like bro comedy movies. He's been in a couple of chick flicks i remember liking him instantly miles teller everyone should google him and if you haven't seen his movies watch him in something because he's just very likable he kind of has this like boy next door quality and he's really cute and kind of quirky and i just i really like him as an actor and he's really good in whiplash i think that's that's got to be his best work oh absolutely that we've seen definitely so do you think this is a good casting choice yeah i think it'll be great here's the thing like when you said, so the story so far, I'm like, who cares about the story? It's Top Gun 2. All you need is Tom Cruise and some planes. And I think adding Miles Teller in there will be delightful. Again, this is going to be like a box office hit. It's not going to be an Oscar winner, but I'm into it. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I think he'll be good too. I think they've added an actor with real acting chops to it. They were considering some... Yeah, it's just a some... matter of if the part is going to have any acting. Well, I think it's a lead role. Yeah, I know. But like Miles Teller is like... Oh, you mean because it's Top Gun sequel? Yeah, I mean, like, it may be a little lighter and fluffier, but all three of those actors are very capable, so I think it'll be good. Well, I can't wait to cover Mission Impossible movies later this summer in this podcast. Speaking of Tom Cruise. Mission accomplished. Oh, we'll get into that later. Okay, Maureen, our second snack bag topic of the week. Ugh. My goodness. Okay, so Josh and I obviously have a little boy, and so we did not go to the fireworks this year because we're kind parents, and we put him to bed, and so we were watching the fireworks on the couch, and so we were watching the Capitol Fourth on PBS, hosted by John Stamos. Everybody's favorite character from Full House. I love John Stamos. Yeah, what's not to love from Full House? I mean, that was that's such a great part. Josh, Uncle what Jesse. Did, what did you think of Uncle Jesse's Fourth of July? Not good. It was so weirdly emotional. No, he, no, no. Yes, it, it was. It, what, 
it wasn't even emotional. It was fake emotion. Yeah, he, it was literally like the most canned. I, I mean, I don't I, tell him about the bad. monologue he it did to his son, who's okay. three months old, adorable, his adorable son, his beautiful wife, and they're sitting there. And John's like, "I recently had my son," and they pan to this such a cutie, cutie little baby. And Josh and I are like, "Well, jo- Josh is," and I'm like, "Oh." And then you can't help but look back to the TV horrified because John Stamos is reading this monologue that someone wrote for him that's like so stilted. I mean, the the sentiment was nice that it was about how we have so many freedoms in America and he wants his son, you know, to have those freedoms and to to be a, a thought leader like our founding fathers were. It was just so insincere but he started crying no he didn't he, he was, was tearing crying. up he was fake then crying. he's bad at fake crying i love i love uncle jesse i love john stamos this was just a mismatch it just didn't seem genuine yes. it was so uncomfortable we voted to turn it off and watch something else yeah and- we did turn it off after about 15 minutes also pentatonics performed and we really like pentatonics they're a great acapella group if you haven't heard them they sang a song and they were the they were the kickoff for the whole Capital Fourth celebration on PBS and the lead singer's mic, he he started clapping with it at the very beginning of the song and the mic went out. So for the first half of the song, you couldn't even hear him. And he was trying the, so yeah, hard. Yeah, he was like working it. I mean, like he was you know, you could tell he was like riffing and being amazing and all you could hear was the backup. And they sounded great too. They but. sounded great, but it was so sad for this yeah. this guy. I think his name is Scott. He he was trying so hard, and I'm sure he sounded great. I'm sure he sounded great for all the people who were standing who could feet hear from him. him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Maureen. Our final snack bag topic this week. This is something you brought to my attention, so I'll let you kick it off. Yeah. So I came across this Atlantic article called let me get the exact title for you guys because i think it's really interesting and you should read it called the dangers of distracted parenting it's by erica christakis we'll leave a link in the show notes yeah absolutely and i came across it from reading one of my favorite blogs m for marvelous and she had talked about this article so of course i immediately clicked on it and i was captivated the article is basically talking about how Screen time affects children's development, but not in the way you think. So typically when we think about kids and screen time, it's that, oh, you need to limit the amount of TV they watch or the amount of iPad they play or the amount of cell phone or whatever it may be for the child. But this is talking about how parents should worry more about their own screen time and how that affects their children when they're with them. So, you know, obviously as a parent – who loves pop culture uh, and has many screens. I, of course, you know, dove into this article. And a couple of the key points were no one really, you know, argues with the fact that when young kids are just plugged into a screen, it's bad for them, right? So time spent on devices is not time spent actively exploring. Um, But it's not just about the kids. It's about the parents. So they cite a couple of studies in the article, and one of them mentions continuous partial attention. So this is harming our kids because when you're with your kids and you're on your phone or you're on a computer or you're constantly having continuous partial attention, to quote the article, it is impacting and creating an impasse with the classic way that kids learn, which is from the parental interaction style that they can interpret and look to us for cues and that kind of thing. 
this responsive communication. So toddlers can't learn as well. I'm quoting the article here. Toddlers cannot learn when we break the flow of conversations by picking up our cell phones or looking at the text that whizzes by our screens. So it was just very interesting to me to think about they they say it's very difficult. It's one of the worst times for parents because you feel like you always have to be plugged in. You have you feel like when you're with your kids, you still have to be available for work or still ordering that thing on Amazon that you need, like paper towels, or still, you know, waiting for the text from so-and-so that they're here with your groceries or whatever it may be. But that when you're doing that, this idea of continuous partial attention, you're with your kid, you're paying attention to them, but only partially. And I think that that really struck a chord with me because – you're with your kid a lot more physically, but you're only partially present for them emotionally. And like I said, I'm on an Instagram fast. I'm, I'm totally guilty of this, that like I'm with Caleb and I'm with him and I'm whatever, but then I'll get a text message from one of my girlfriends and I look away and I look at the text message. And I'm not actively hurting him, but maybe I'm passively influencing if I'm doing this too much. Now, certainly like every once in a while, that doesn't matter. But if it's a constant like back and forth, back and forth. So the article... Um, doesn't totally leave parents out to dry. They basically say, skip soccer practice if you want to. Like, don't feel like you have to do everything. Take breaks. Take alone time. But when you are with your kid, be with your kid instead of being on your phone. So I don't know if any of this resonates with you, Josh. I think it's definitely something that I've thought about. It's so interesting because we're the first generation of parents that has had to deal with this because smartphones and TVs and computers are more portable and accessible than ever. So I definitely think that it's worth thinking about. And it's not something I would have ever thought to curb. So I'm glad people have done studies on it and realized that it's causing problems. It's definitely something I'll be more conscious of. Be with your kids when you're with them and take breaks and have adult time and look at your phone all you want. But when you're not with your kids... That's a great segue to our marquee topic this week. Ooh, yeah. We're going to talk about Marvel movies. So this week, the day this podcast is dropping, which is going to be Friday, July 6th, we are seeing the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp, the 20th Marvel film in the last 10 years. In 10 years, we've had 20 films, starting with Iron Man in 2008, that have grossed a combined $15 billion That's at the worldwide box office. Maureen, what what do you think about this, this uh, juggernaut of a franchise? So I have no interest in comic books or in any of these stories in any other way other than these movies, but I'm kind of into it. Um, I really like the backstory. I really like being able to understand like why what these things happened, and especially with some of the more classic characters like... Spider-Man. I know Batman isn't Marvel. No, DC. Um, Maureen, blasphemy. It's not blasphemy. It's just a different Don't bring that into universe. the Marvel conversation. All I'm saying is these more classic types of heroes who I knew about growing up, Spider-Man, it was really cool to be able to be like, ooh, this is the backstory. Ooh, this is how it happened in this you know instance of it. So I really like that. I think there may be a little bit too many. Like, how many different Spider-Mans do we need? Probably not as many as we have. Tobey Maguire, British kid. Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew Garfield. Two British kids. Two British kids. Yeah. yeah Tom, Tom Holland, Holland. Is, is the new Spider-Man. Yeah. So I, so that I don't love, but I do love the, the like reimagined, like, okay, let's give you the backstory. So I can get behind it as someone who is a total novice when it comes to 
comic book I think your, world. I think your point is well taken, though, with regards to the oversaturation of these stories. They usually release two movies a year, which is a lot. You know, yeah, and it's too hard to keep up with. I mean, honestly, I go to them, or like Josh and I will often wait until they get to Redbox and then we'll rent them. And I always enjoy it. It's like hard to keep up with who is with who and who is the le- like. I have to constantly, which Josh just loves, pause the movie and be like, wait, who was the bad guy? Wait, what happened last time? Because I also get really into the stories. So that's why I love to see them in theaters because it's more awkward for Maureen to lean over to me and ask. But I still what's do it. On. She does. Uh, as long as she's not disturbing our neighbors at the theater. So yep. what's coming up in the next two years? Like how many more are going to be happening? So right now we have four that are officially announced. We have Captain Marvel, which is going to star Brie Larson. It's a female superhero. And if you saw Avengers Infinity War, spoiler alert, this is your only spoiler alert. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about that film. There was the post credit scene where it was revealed that Samuel L. Jackson's character, Nick Fury, was, I don't know, paging her, her character, who we haven't seen yet. So that'll be interesting to see how she ties into the whole universe. So that's going to come out in February of 2019. Then we have the next Avengers film, which was filmed back to back with Avengers Infinity War. That's going to come out next May. Then we already have the next Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man Far From Home, they just announced the title, and then A Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we've already had two of those, there's definitely going to be a Black Panther sequel, you know, if it wasn't obvious before it came out, the box office certainly shows that there's going to be a sequel. To me, it's a lot, and there are certainly more in the pipeline, but what's really interesting is that some of the major actors who've really grounded this this universe are leaving after what do you mean they're leaving. So after Avenger, the next Avengers movie, Chris Evans has said he is stepping down as Captain America. Oh, no, I love him. Yeah, we should have a whole podcast about Maureen's favorite superhero, Chris's. He's dreamy. So Chris Evans over Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine and Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Chris Pine isn't even in this universe, but we always lump lump him in because mm-hmm. he was in Wonder Woman, which again DC universe sacrilege that i'm speaking about it on this podcast about marvel movies they're all good here's the thing like you say like well in two years we have five which is a lot but honey every time they come out you're gonna be like ooh, ooh, let's go to that oh, absolutely. or like ooh, let's watch absolutely it. so then it's not too much it's not super saturated if we as people who aren't even like super 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 into comics are into it then yeah i'm also not into the comics i think i'm a little bit more into the whole universe thing than you are I like seeing the interconnectedness of it Mm. all. I think that's really interesting. And I was excited to see something like Avengers Infinity War, where we finally saw characters who'd been apart for so long, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like those five characters, come together and hang out with Thor for a little bit. And you saw Black Panther hanging out with Captain America. I just, I find that really cool because they've done a really good job. I think what this universe has done a really good job of is building these characters on their own but teasing in a little bit of these other characters and connecting them so that when they do bring them together there's a real excitement about it do you feel that way too i feel like these are great popcorn and m&ms movies i I like them but i don't necessarily like 
get into like reading about them. But I can see how people totally would. And I like that they have that connectedness. And I think one of the other thing that's really cool about these movies is that some of them are in their own genre of film within a superhero genre. So if you think about something like Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which is the second Captain America movie, it almost starts out like an old fashioned spy film. And if you think about something like Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man, it's almost like a heist movie. So they're able to build these other genres within the superhero universe. And I think that's really clever writing and really clever storytelling. So speaking of clever writing and storytelling, do you have some favorites? Yeah, so there have been 20 films. The only one we haven't seen, I think, is Ant-Man and the Wasp, since it's not out yet as of this recording. But we may see that soon. So I'd have to say... I have definitely missed some, but I think you've no, seen them No, you haven't missed some. Really? I thought I made you see all of them. I don't know. Maybe, but... Okay. Well, we'll make sure you watch any of the... Oh, don't forget about Doctor Strange. You loved that one. Oh, that one was a little trippy. It was a little trippy. Okay, so my favorites. I have three. I'll, I'll do my top three here for you. First is Thor Ragnarok, which was the most recent Thor movie. The other two Thor movies are not as good but they hired a new director for this third installment. And what he did with the movie was really, really good. It was really funny. It was really well paced. The characters came alive in a way that we hadn't seen before. So that was definitely one of them. Second would be Black Panther, which came out this February. Really, really cool to see the Marvel films embrace a different culture other than the white culture, which it had embraced in every other film up to this point. So the cast was predominantly black, which was really cool. And not just that, but it told their stories and their traditions in a really cool and nice way. So that and was they really- were also like, they were just badasses. It was a really, like it was really empowering. Like there was a whole female um, military and you just saw a lot of like really strong, awesome women. It was really, it was really well done. Yeah. It was really cool to see, the strong acting and the strong storytelling in that. My third favorite, if I had to pick a top three, would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I think that when this came out in 2014, there was just something about it that was so different than any of the other Marvel movies. It was funny in a way that the other ones hadn't been up to this point. And the actors were just really good, really good comedic actors and great storytelling directed by James Gunn. Really, really good. Maureen, what are your top three? So, I don't know if I can give you a solid top three. The, give, me your, the 20, give me your favorite. I know, I know. I'm going to. But the 20 kind of all meld together for me. Um, but when I really had to think about it, I also really liked Thor Ragnarok. The story itself was a little wackadoo, but I really liked how funny it was. Josh mentioned that they had a new director on this one, and I really liked the style. Like, I had moments where I was laughing out loud. So, definitely into that one. I also like the a lot of the originals. So, like, Iron Man. And Captain America, like where they tell you the backstory and how things came to be and you learn about the history and it's more about that one character. I really like those kind of stories where I can kind of dig in. Um, And I do have a least favorite. Give me your least favorite. Yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I mean, spoiler alert, it is just so weird and trippy. 
Kurt Russell plays Chris Pratt's dad. And this is like the whole premise of the movie is that like Chris is meeting his dad and it's his long lost dad and he's so happy. Well, then his dad turns into like this literal egomaniac and he's like sucking the lives out of his own children to make his himself into a planet. And he's like impregnated women all over the u- different universes. And then it's just, it's too much. It's like really weird. And they got really into that section of the plot. And so least favorite by far. But I love Chris Pratt, and I think he's very funny. The story of this one was just... Maureen, quick ranking of the Chris's. Let's hear it. Oh, 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 oh. Chris number one is... Chris number four. Let's go... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no, no. Okay, who are my choices again? Chris... Chris Pratt. Pratt, who plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Pine. Chris Pine, who is Star Trek. He's Star Trek. And in Wonder Woman. Okay. Chris Evans. Captain America. Captain America. Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Oh, uh, Chris Hemsworth is probably number four. What? He's delightful, no. but he's just not. He's just not like he's so funny. My and he's so good looking. Hero type. Um, I would say Chris Evans and Chris Pratt are tied at number one. Wow. And Chris Pine is number two. And Chris Hemsworth is number three. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth is my number one. Okay. Well. And it has a lot to do with the third Thor movie. Yeah, he was really funny. And he had short hair. So, yeah. He looks better with the short hair. Totally dreamy. Okay, my least favorite Marvel film has got to be Thor The Dark World. And I just said Chris Hemsworth was my favorite. But, yeah, that movie is just not very good. I don't even remember it. Yeah. And Iron Man 2 is also not very good. Maureen, are you excited for the future of Marvel? Sure. Am I going to make you see all these movies? Yeah, but I always like them. So, you know, I would never probably choose to go to it by myself, especially if there was a good chick flick alternative. But, you know, there's never been one I've walked out of. It's always a very entertaining night at the theater. So it'll be fun, honey. And I like talking about them with you. Very good. Well, we might do an update on this segment in a couple of years after there's a couple more movies to talk about. Yeah. Very cool. Maureen, let's talk teasers. Teasers. All right. Hit us with what you've got coming up. Okay, here is my teaser for this week. For those of you who know me, I'm a big sports fan in addition to being a big fan of pop culture. So my teaser for this week is an ongoing YouTube series called Rewinder. It's an SB Nation show hosted by Seth Rosenthal, directed by Alex Holly, where they look back at famous moments in sports history and tell you what led up to those moments. The first one they examined was Michael Jordan's final shot as a member of the Chicago Bulls in 1998. And they've covered topics as diverse as men's tennis and the Women's World Cup. There are only seven episodes so far, and each episode is about 10 minutes long. But the show is really well-researched, it's well-presented, it's humorous, and it's definitely worth a watch. Even events that I had a pretty strong memory of, like LeBron James' decision to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and go to the Miami Heat in 2010, were expanded upon in a really cool way. So if you like sports, this is for you. That sounds really cool. And like, I will never watch it, but I'm really glad you love it. Yeah, that's why I presented it as my teaser and why you are going to present something that I haven't watched. That is true. So my teaser for this week is Queer Eye Season 2, which is on Netflix. Um, Season 1 is also available if you haven't ever watched the show. And this is a reboot. Yeah, it's a reboot. There used to be um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and several years have passed since they did that one and now this is kind of their reimagined modern version um let's just say i have wept 
at every episode. The premise is it's five gay men who travel around the state of Georgia, giving both physical and emotional makeovers to deserving kind people. And I think this is a feel-good show that really restores your faith in humanity. All five of the guys are awesome. They each have a different specialty. So one specializes in teaching people about food and healthy eating, and one specializes in design, and he'll make over their houses. There's a culture expert, hair, and kind of personal grooming, um, and then there's someone who helps with clothing. And all of the guys are unique and different and awesome. And I think the thing that's really cool to me is that they travel in some rural areas of the South where gay people have not always been accepted. And the guys kind of talk about this head on. And it's just a really cool example of people from different walks of life who are good and accepting and sometimes by hanging out with the five guys and meeting them, they get a whole new perspective on what it means to be gay. And I think it's just really good people doing awesome things for other good people. And I really like it. Great. You can check out The Fab Five. Is that what they call them? Yeah. The Fab Five on Netflix, streaming everywhere now. That's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach us, we have some great news. We've enabled comments for each episode. Woohoo! So simply go to vernacularpodcast.com backslash podcast and leave us questions and feedback on each episode. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also reach us if you'd like by email at thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episode. And if it's not too much trouble, we would love it if you left us a rating and a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week from our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Bye.